Did the Utah Jazz run to the play-in and the playoffs come to an end against the Portland Trailblazers last night? Maybe. We'll talk about it coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is the March 23rd edition of Locked On Jazz. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Jazz NBA inside of the Jazz simply lost the juice last night and lost the game to the Portland Trailblazers. Simply fatigue and worn out from every aspect of what they have been doing as a team so far and unable to... Uh, fire through the way they have been is that the reality of what we should have expected Lowry marketing was superhuman but three falls on the wrist make you wonder whether or not the Jazz run to the play and the playoffs might have come to an end the zone the vaunted zone in its third appearance failed last night we'll dig into that and what that means for the Utah Jazz plus we'll look at the wild west and of course do our lottery breakdown it's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz as I mentioned I'm David Locke radio voice to Utah Jazz Jazz NBA insider and this is Locked on Jazz your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz giving you insight expertise geeky numbers and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day thank you so much for making locked on jazz your first listen of the day we are free and available on all podcasting apps also available for you on youtube please follow and subscribe and join the group and all the other jazz fans hit the bell button on youtube so you get notified whenever we go live so last night the, the, the thought going into the game was, well, this will be the easy one. Blazers have lost six straight. We just upset the Kings and the Celtics. And the Jazz start all right. They hit a bunch of threes. I actually made the comment to Ron at the first quarter break, like, uh-oh, we should be ahead by a lot more than we are. We were ahead by, like, five. We had hit, like, 50% of our threes. We'd done everything right. It was like, uh-oh, we didn't, we didn't get the lead we needed to get. And then we really just looked feckless. Um, we're, we're slow to balls. Um, we saw this a little bit, if you're honest, at the end of the Sacramento game. We were slow to rotations. And, you know, I, there's a moment in time, I think, as a Jazz fan, where you put everything in the capsule of the individual night, and that's a little frustrating, right? That, oh my gosh, we just beat Sacramento and um, Boston. We need six wins to make the play in. It's kind of the number that, that I've set is that we needed six. That was one of the six we needed to probably get in. Um, the Lakers' schedule is crazy easy. We're going to have to just jump ahead of someone. I don't think anyone else is falling out at this point. So it was like, uh-oh, you know, wow, how could we lose this game? But as I as I went on and I watched the game last night, I, I have to be honest, like, I was actually struck with the opposite reaction. My reaction last night was actually, oh, my gosh, how did we win the other two games? Far more than, oh, my gosh, how are we losing to the Blazers? I, I didn't find myself in that reaction, um, in that capsule. In fact, it was really in the third quarter when we had a lineup on the floor of Simone Fontecchio, Chris Dunn, Doka Azabuke, Johnny Juzang, and Juan Toscana-Anderson, I think, was the five we had on the floor, right? Simone Fontecchio, Chris Dunn, Doka Azabuke, Johnny Juzang, and Doka Azabuke. And I, I think that lineup ended up being... 
you know, actually, I think that actual specific lineup played about three minutes together and was fine. Like, which is honestly like the craziest thing imaginable that th- that group played together and was fine. Um, I don't. I think in the two or three minutes they were fine. We went on a seventeen to five run during that period of time and kind of brought the game back. But I I looked out on the floor and it was like, <coughs> not a single one of those guys was in a rotation before the trade deadline. We just don't have 240 minutes of action right now. I was talking to Lamar Hurd, who's one of the best analysts in the NBA, who uh, works for the Portland Trailblazers before the game. He's like, how shocking has this season been? And I said, you know, at the beginning of the year, when I was put on the tank show for Locked On Podcast Network, I kind of, I, I fought it. Like, I was like, I shouldn't be here. That We're not a tank team. We have too much talent. We have at the time, I had done the minutes analysis, and other than, like, backup power forward, I had us at pretty much viable NBA rotation minutes. Like, if you looked at our start, and you didn't know about Walker, so you probably had that off, but if you looked at our starting lineup at the time with Markinen and Olenek and Vanderbilt and Clarkson and Conley and then Sexton coming off the bench, and you run down this list, like, those were all viable NBA players that made sense, right? Malik Beasley was then coming off the bench, and so Rudy Gay and Walker Kessler were kind of the two guys that, like, you just didn't know whether or not those were viable NBA players. And then shortly into it, when you suddenly realize, okay, well, Walker totally could be your backup center, no problem. Then the question was really, frankly, Rudy Gay was probably the one player that was playing below rotation level. So we were at 226 minutes a night of high-level NBA rotation players. We're just not at that number now. And so... When I'm watching us play last night, what struck me was, oh my gosh, the effort and the uh, tenacity and the heart and soul and the dump of like just juice that had to be dumped to be able to beat Boston and Sacramento was at such an incredibly high level that for them to suddenly come out flat is not surprising to me at all. And they were really flat. Like Walker was feckless last last night. Um, They just universally just were off. They also tried some defensive schemes last night that, you know, they've been trying to develop and this kind of stays with the same theme, and last night the zone failed. Like, the zone didn't have it last night. Um, The Jazz played about 30 possessions of zone against Miami. They played about 50 against Sacramento. Sacramento seemed surprised by it. Portland did not. Portland seemed to be ready for it. And then trying to double-team Dame out of the zone with Boston when they... Threw it out there. Excuse me, they didn't do it against Miami. They did it against Boston. They, well, they did it against Boston. They they didn't really double on Tatum the same way they doubled on Lillard out of the zone. They shadowed and they hovered and they did some things. But they really, and this is where Lillard and Tatum are different. Lillard's ability to pull from 30 more than Tatum does is why you actually have to double Lillard all the way out up top. You don't really have a choice on that. And so when you have to double Lillard all the way out, now it really does become, and they got the ball in the middle of the floor, a four on three. The Jazz up playing about 35 possessions of zone, and they averaged about 1.29 points per possession allowed. That's really high. It's a half-court possession. So the zone failed last night. Okay, great. The zone failed last night, and now we have to go figure out one of two things. Did the zone fail last night because the zone's a bad idea? It's unique at a 1-3-1, the way we're playing it. Will's really tried something that's different than everybody else. Is that actually a flawed defense, and there's a reason no one else is playing it? Or do we have to fine-tune it and figure it out? And that's where the next 10 games 
kind of fit this whole model. Let's give Lowry Market in the ball at stationary moments and see if he can create. Let's give Ochai Abaji the ball off the move. Let's put Ochai Abaji on their best players and make him learn how to make the progression defensively. Let's let Walker Kessler do different things defensively. And let's try to win the basketball games we're playing, but let's play in a manner that helps us develop for the next season and the season after. And the zone defense is all a part of that. The zone defense is can you go put can we learn something about the zone half court offense in the nba has become so prolific this year so outrageously prolific that in the offseason everyone's got to figure out new ways to defend in the half court because frankly just doubling luka and doubling dame you just get torched on the backside and we got torched last night on the zone all right well then then maybe that's not the answer or that zone the way we played it that night is not the answer or we just didn't have enough energy and that's you so you move that sample side and size and move it across but I do think we'll continue to see the zone the Miami Heat plays zone 25 23 percent of the time uh, Portland plays zone 10 percent of the time those are the two highest zone teams in the NBA and so it'll be interesting to see can the Jazz figure out some way um, to do that uh, the other one last night is the half court offense of the Jazz just wasn't very good um, the Jazz uh, we're at one point per possession in the half court, which is below where they have been recently. But the thing that's been unique about what the Jazz have been doing recently is they have, they've been getting out and running a little bit more. Uh, I had this last night on the broadcast, and I think I had this last night on the show, that in four of the last six games prior to last night, in five of the last eight, the Jazz were in transition for over 20% of their possessions. The Prior to that, prior to those eight games, the Jazz had only been in transition 20 um, games, uh, 20 possessions, four times all year. So this group is running at a much higher level, and that's become pretty vital to what they're doing. Well, all of a sudden, when you have you lose, you're losing your juice. You don't run at quite the same level, and when you just don't have 240 minutes, when you go put out a Sacramento King effort or Boston Celtic effort, it, it has an impact, and and it lasts to the next day. And I think that's really what the lesson was in last night's ballgame uh, more than anything else. Uh, did Is this the end of the run, and what's going on with Lowry's wrist? Lowry was pretty unbelievable as well last night. Let's talk about those things coming up here uh, on Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in America, as well as the official sports book of Locked on Jazz. And the NCAA tournament is rolling. The college basketball tournament gets back underway with the Sweet 16. By the way, fabulous uh, Sweet 16 preview on Lockdown College Basketball. If you're looking for something today, I just finished it on my drive up here to Snowbird. Uh, Time for the no sweat. First bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bet back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sports app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored to threes drained. Build your... And favorite bets of the week with a spread, money line, total, whatever it might be. Player points, rebounds, assists, you get to choose. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance for a bigger payout with same day, same game day parlay. So don't miss the chance on your no sweat first bet, $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go fanduel.com slash locked on, that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA, as well as the official sports betting partner of Locked On. 
Thanks so very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. For those of you who are on the YouTube, I am in the van, and I am up at Little Cottonwood Canyon waiting to go hit some powder skiing. Um, maybe with a significant knee injury, maybe not, but I've decided that the thing that doesn't hurt is skiing. Walking is very difficult. Going downstairs is virtually impossible. But skiing, to me, seems to be the item that doesn't hurt at all. So Lowry Markinen was just brilliant last night. I mean, let's not get lost. Third 40-point game of the season. Uh, he had also, you know, had a game off. He he was the one guy that wasn't wasn't tired. He had 12 rebounds. He had three assists. You know, if one of the things people keep asking is, like, how is it that the Jazz are so much better than everyone realizes? One of them is when we do points gained every Friday, that's the reason. Right? Lowry's the reason. 40 points on 23 shots. You win a lot of games when you have somebody who gets 40 points on 23 shots. He took 25% of our shots. He was incredibly efficient. And he and, and he went 8 of 9 at the free throw line. He was just brilliant. And he's doing it in so many different ways. And he's showing more and more of those superstar, big-time, one-on-one moves. You can go to NBA.com. You can run through his 14 field goals last night. Some of those, I mean, the one where he takes off of the dunk soaring is crazy sick. But some of those are stationary, pull-up jumpers in the middle lane, off the bounce, self-created, that are very different than the baskets that he was getting earlier this year on the move every single time. Um, and so that's that's a massive, important next step for Lowry. The other question, honestly, is did we just see Lowry for the last time? And I don't want to be, like, hyperbolic about it. I haven't talked to anyone. But I did just watch Lowry last night fall three different times on the left wrist. It's been bothering him for an extended period of time now, probably about a month. We've seen him leave games wrapped up. We've seen him, you know, more recently bothering it. He's revealed last night to the media he's had x-rays. There's not At some point here, like, it's not worth it. Like, I, I guess if we've had x-rays and – you know he's clear and there's no further risk and Lowry wants to keep playing, then Lowry gets to keep playing. And it's awfully hard to make that call when you're sitting here a half game out of the playoffs to Dallas and the Lakers and you get the play and experience, which would be just an outstanding experience. But on the other end, I watched Lowry get taken out by Ryan Archidiakono and I watch him fall on that wrist and I again, I guess there's you know, we've had the x-rays. There's no risk. It's just a sprain of some. He just looked so miserable. Um, you know, I'd be super surprised if we saw him Friday, Saturday, but he's tough as hell. So he continues to kind of play through. The other one, he's just completely battered. You know, the low back soreness the previous game on Lowry, he has played more minutes than he's ever played in any career uh, season in an NBA career and they've been way harder minutes than he's ever played in any season of an NBA career he played 2020 minutes his rookie year in 1718 he's now played 2200 this year and he played the Finnish national right into the season like it might be time just call it an amazing season and it feels early like there's 10 games left it's an eighth of the season I, it, it, you might be listening to me thinking this is the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard. But it certainly crossed my mind last night. 
that here's our franchise piece. He continues to get better. Every game is valuable to him in the sense that we see him continue to grow. We see him continue to make plays. He's doing really awesome, remarkable things on a nightly basis. But quite honestly, I also watched that last night and be like, man, like that's the piece. And that guy's in pain and he's battling. And at this point, is that really worth it? The other one is the math just got really hard on us. That's a tough loss. The wins against Sac- You looked at our schedule for a long time now and thought to yourself, like, this is going to be tough. It's why most of the projection systems didn't have the Jazz making the playoffs or even the play-in. And boy, would the play-in be cool. I'm with you. The play-in would be so cool. But the loss last night starts to make the math tough. Like I said the other day, I think we need, you need six wins to be certain you're getting in. That loss last night makes six wins hard. Milwaukee at home on Friday seems pretty uncertain. Sacramento on Saturday seems pretty uncertain. Phoenix at home on Monday playing three games in four nights. And I do think where we've started this show today, when you are short 240 minutes, the fatigue factor starts to kick in here. Then we do go to San Antonio on Wednesday, so that's one. But at Boston, at Brooklyn... Home against the Lakers, if we can beat the Lakers twice, I guess. Then Oklahoma City at home and Denver at home. Just These are brutally hard games, and I, I think it's just really hard to do the math and come up with 41 wins on the season. And that feels like what I think you're going to need. Now, maybe that's too much. But do we have 6-4 and four in our close? Boy, that's a lot to ask this this roster as it's constructed. Will Hardy's done an amazing job. So it's like, I mean, I literally in the middle of broadcast last night just suddenly tar- started talking about the job Will Hardy's done because it was just astronomical when I looked at what we had on the floor and the fact we were surviving. And and the amount of guys that are playing their best games of their NBA career right now and their best stretch of basketball all on the same roster is just a tribute to Will and what he's done. So I do wonder whether or not like, the, the 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 shot might have come to an end last night. Like, if I'm the Jazz, and I have not talked to anyone. I, I left the arena, and I came up here first thing. Um, if I'm the Jazz, there's a strong consideration of, like, where are we on Lowry? What's going on with that? Is Are we certain there's no risk? And the guy's exhausted. You might... Frankly, get the wrist healthy, let him sit, play for the final three, but that by that point, you're probably out of it, right? If you give him a few days to get that wrist better, and let's say it needs a week, we're probably out of it at that point. So then are you bringing him back for the final three or four? Funny position to be in right now. It's been so fun. It's been so great. It does. This doesn't take away from it to me, though, at all. It's just, I think that was, I was struck by that last night. Like, wow, this guy is gaming it. He's just battered, and it's awesome. And he's shown me everything I want to see out of this guy to be the one who's leading this franchise forward and being one of their two of the primary pieces. And now let's evaluate what we're trying to do in the final 10 games of the season. I'm so bummed it's the final 10 games. Can we play like 140? I do not want to leave this team at all and these games and calling games and talking about this group with you 
at all. It's been that much fun on a nightly basis. Maybe the way you'll get through that is by building your own team with ultimate G- pro basketball GM. The ultimate pro basketball GM, and we've got a 100% free boost for you. Have you picked it up yet? As I've told you guys, it is completely taken over the Locked On group chat and all of our hosts on Locked On. So if you've ever been geeked out uh, and wanted to become an NBA GM managing your basketball franchise, well, the dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. Don't go to lunch with friends today. Download the app today, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. You will love it. And then tell me. Send me notes about how your team's doing. I want to see your championship trophy. I want to see you hire the right coaches and assistants, trading and uh, trading and trading and training your players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft, all the ups and downs of the season, challenging, realistic game, ultimate pro basketball GM. It's completely free, playable offline, play and on the go as you want in conference calls. Do whatever you might do. It's super fun. So go to Locked On Jazz listeners. You get 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, visit probasketball.com, scan the code, or look it up on the App Store, that's probasketball.com, probasketballgm.com, probasketballgm.com, ultimate basketball GM. Start your dynasty today and send me all your successes. Or tell me when you need to fire yourself as GM. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. For your second listen, what about Locked On NBA Big Board? Raphael Barlow and the crew break down all the draft prospects as you get ready for March Madness. I also would tell you the Locked on College Basketball Sweet 16 preview if you're just jumping into college basketball as I am. was super good um, as well. All right, so what happened last night? Well, what happened last night, one game went our way and then one game didn't. Uh, Dallas and Golden State, I think, went our way. I think Dallas is the team most likely to slip and Golden State's the team most likely to turn it on. So Golden State beats Dallas 127-125. Super controversial play in that game where the officials during a timeout changed whose ball it was, didn't tell anyone. Dallas lined up thinking they had the ball, handed the ball to Golden State. They got an easy layup because Dallas thought they had the ball in offense, so they were set up for an offensive set. Really weird looking. And then Golden State wins by two, and Mark Cuban's not happy. And Mark Cuban's tweet kills the NBA and the officials. And then the question's going to be whether Mark Cuban gets fined. And if Mark Cuban's right, I said I didn't think he was going to get fined, and Ron Boone and Craig Bullerjack say he did. So let's see. We'll find out on that one. Those guys are usually right. I'm usually wrong. Uh, Minnesota snuck by Atlanta, 125-124. Quinn Snyder's group did not was not able to pull it off. Late in the game, Carl Anthony Towns hit two free throws, a three late, and a tip-in followed by Sadiq Bay, where DeAndre Hunter missed a three. Bay missed the tip-in, and Atlanta loses another close one. They've lost a lot of close ones since Quinn's taken over. They've been like right on the edge and not quite got it. And then what didn't go our way is the Lakers beat Phoenix 122-111 last night. Lakers shot 46 free throws in that game. Austin Reeves shot 13. He had 25 points and 11 assists and shot 13 free throws last night. How's that possible? Lakers won at 122-111, so that did not go our way last night. That leaves us with the standings. Sitting now, as you can see on the bottom of the YouTube screen, with 
kind of in, I mean really interesting. Dallas and Minnesota are set are are in the play in right now. This kind of almost feels like this is it. Like I actually wouldn't be surprised if everything kind of held from right now unless the Clippers fall apart without Paul George. So Minnesota's 7 at 37 and 37. Oklahoma City is 8 at 36 and 36. Dallas, who was in the Western Conference Finals last year, is now below 500 at 36 and 37. The Lakers are at 36 and 37, and the Jazz are at 35 and 37, and the New Orleans Pelicans are at 35 and 37. So we're tied with the Pels. From a draft position standpoint, if we suddenly pulled the air right now, I don't think we could get lower than the Blazers. I don't think they'll win three more games this year. So I think we could get to fourth worst record, just one less. So there's, you know, uh, if you're if you're pulling for lottery purposes, I don't think there's a lot of value for that. I think for Lowry's health and just overall health, I think there might be having watched him fall three times. That's my point. It has nothing to do with lottery positioning. It has to do with Lowry's health um, is the way I'm looking at that. So that's where we sit right now, and I do kind of feel like that's going to be the four playing teams. Minnesota, Oklahoma, Dallas, and the Lakers. Crazy. Thunder are kind of the surprise team there, but Minnesota, Dallas, and the Lakers is playing teams. Wild. All right, let's go play the lottery. Where do we sit as of right now after last night? Minnesota's back into the playoff picture, so they're slotted at 16. Philadelphia is slotted at 28. We're at the 11th position. We have an 8.5% chance for a top four pick and a 1.8% chance of the top pick. Are we ready? Are we set? Here's our daily lottery. The number one pick of the draft goes to the Houston Rockets. The number two pick of the draft goes to the Portland Trailblazers. Moving up five spots. The number three pick of the draft goes to the Chicago Bulls and the Orlando Magic are brokenhearted as they lose out on that pick. Indiana goes four, Detroit goes five, San Antonio six, Charlotte seven, Orlando eight, Washington nine, Toronto ten. Big drop for Charlotte, Orlando, and Washington and San Antonio there. Utah 11, New Orleans 12, Knicks get the Dallas pick at 13, and Lakers at 14. They keep that pick from New Orleans. Um, That's New Orleans' worst-case scenario. So the Jazz would pick 11th, 16th, and 28th in the NBA draft. That is Locked on Jazz today. Hope you have a great one. Talk to you soon. Friday edition coming up. We'll do a little Ask LOJ tomorrow as well. Have a good one. See you.